Hey everyone, what's going on? My name is Stephanie Graham. I'm an artist and filmmaker, and I'm also an extremely curious person. Some will go as far as to say that I am nosy as the, the nerve. <laughs> I started this podcast because I wanted to interview people. I'm not just talking to anyone either. I'm talking to people who are in the thick of what they do. I want to know how they live their life and how they get things done so that I could apply some of their savvy to my own life. I'm sharing this with you so that you too can do the same. We can do it together. We all gotta start somewhere, and if you're not looking for practical info, stick around anyway, because my guests are fascinating, and it's my goal to get to the bottom of their shh. I mean, aren't we all just a little bit curious of what it's like to live someone else's life? And if we do it the same? There are also times when I will feel called to catch up with you one-on-one and let you know about what's going on with me, either in life or with my art practice. You didn't think I'd get the dirt on all these cool people and not let you know what's going on with me, did you? I mean, I'm a Libra. We believe in balance. Listen, I am a big believer that even though we are all different, we can still find ways to relate to each other. It's time to get down to business, so welcome to the Nosy AF Podcast. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the Nosy AF Podcast. I hope you have been enjoying the season so far. If you have, I would greatly appreciate a rating and review wherever you're listening to Nosy AF. This is all super important for me just to be able to share the show. And plus, I just love really knowing what you think. As a matter of fact, some of y'all have even hit me up. Y'all slid in my DMs on Instagram. Some of you have emailed me and I'm just really thankful that you're listening and hit me up. I love to talk, so I'm always down for a conversation. So reach out anytime. I just really love to hear from you. This episode is super special to me because at the beginning of this season, I spoke about coming back from burnout and just navigating burnout. This pandemic has been really hard. At first, I'm like, you know what? I'm just kicking it in the house, whatever. But just as I come out of it, as we come out of it, getting back into work and in a group, it's like, wow, what is going on? And I feel so tired, unmotivated, and just not like in a groove. (laughs) So after figuring out, all right, I'm burnout, trying to figure out all these resources, Coach Ellen was one of the first people whose resources I found. She had a wonderful quiz, uh, the burnout quiz, to be able to pinpoint the different types of burnout that you are going through. I found great resource in it. And I was like, you know what? What if I just hit up Coach Ellen and see if she would talk to me, talk to you on the podcast? And she said yes. So I'm really excited because, yeah, it's Coach Ellen. And so Ellen is a former scientist and she's also a certified professional coach. But can we just take a moment to uh, shout out the scientists? Seriously, thank you, science. I really think we all need to have some sort of career attachment or something to science. It's just so important. Oh my God, thanks, Coach Ellen. Thank you to the scientists. Thank you to y'all out here making vaccines. I mean, I just really appreciate it, okay? Anyway, after spending over a decade in academic and corporate environments, Coach Ellen is now on a mission to help busy, burned out corporate professionals, entrepreneurs, artists, folks like us, you know what I mean? Free themselves from burnout and find their balance. And I don't want to start diagnosing anybody else. You know, I try to mind my business, but, you know, if you too are dealing with burnout, I really believe that Coach Ellen can empower you with the knowledge, the mindset, and the tools to realize that burnout might happen, but staying burnout is a choice. So let's get into this conversation with Coach Ellen. I'm so glad you're here. Can't wait to hear your reviews, see your reviews, all that stuff, and enjoy the conversation. Ellen, I am super, super excited to speak to you because when I started figuring out what burnout meant, you were one of the first resources I saw. And your burnout quiz was very helpful, the tips about how to navigate burnout and uh, my style of burnout, which I can't remember now because I've read all of the different styles. Um, <laughs> and I feel like it's one of those quizzes where it's like, oh, maybe I should have to take this like every quarter or something, like just to sort of see where I'm at. I'm not sure. But um, but may- or maybe not. Maybe I don't want it. I don't know. But um, yeah, <laughs> Actually, but anyway, you totally can. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So I'm just so excited that we're talking because you were like the first stop. I Cannot tell you when you emailed me about doing this, and that was one of the things you said about. I think you said something like I kicked off your your this season. Is that correct? Like you were talking about 
some yes. of what you found and that's what kicked off the season. Yeah. When you said that, oh my God, like I think I said in the email, I got so many warm fuzzies from hearing <laughs> that. Like I just, that felt so good to know that the resources help so much that, that, and that it can kind of be this full circle moment in this season. So I'm so excited to be here and I'm so flattered that you asked and that you've gotten so much out of the resources that you found. Man, thanks for putting it together. No problem. No problem at all. Sometimes I get a little concerned that I overwhelm people with too much, but I try to like give people lots of options. <laughs> <laughs> options are always great. I was just talking to my friend about how we prefer to have options always. Mm -hmm. So how, do you, how did you even, can you share a little bit about your background? Because it's very unique in, I'm like, how does one even get to the point where they're like, you know, <laughs> I actually study burnout for uh, freelancers and professionals. Like, how does one how does one start to study burnout? It makes me think of like specifically of a guy who I went on a date with and I told him, you know, what I did for work. And he's like, you have one of those jobs that no one knows about. <laughs> you know, and I feel like this, like a yeah. job like for studying burnout or helping folks with burnout. It seems so specific. And then also so timely, especially with the pandemic and whatnot. So how do you even get into this type of research? Yeah, yeah. And I think you're going to kind of find as I tell the story that the part of the reason why I settled on burnout is because even though it seems like such a specific thing to work in, I settled in it because it felt like it encompassed all of these different niches that I had been in at one point in time. They all kind of came together under the umbrella of burnout. But my ultimately how I arrived here is it was really through personal experience. I had, I was in science prior to pursuing coaching and speaking. And, you know, I, I still use that science brain so much, but I was pursuing a PhD in a very, very nerdy field that we're just not going to get into. <laughs> um, and during my PhD program, you know, we talked about the burnout quiz and the different types of burnout. And there are four different types of burnout. Well, when I was in my graduate program, I experienced all four. I experienced three simultaneously during my graduate program. And it was really through my own self-care and my own trying to get myself back on track that I started learning about elements of burnout. I, I described myself at the time as a burned out graduate student, but I don't think I really registered the burnout part of it. I was like, yeah, I was burned out, but I didn't really think anything of it. I didn't latch on too much to the fact that I was that it was burnout that I was experiencing. I just kind of knew I needed to take better care of myself. So I started, you know, focusing on self-care. I started, I was really struggling with my fulfillment in my graduate program. So I started doing kind of these emotional things to start to get my emotional side of my myself back on track. I got really into productivity and time management because through pers pursuing like my own self-care and these things that I was doing, I started to discover coaching and I was kind of, dabbling in that while simultaneously getting my degree. And so I started doing all of these things, which ultimately led me to realize, like, crap, I like this way better than science. I am way more fulfilled by this. I am way more excited about this. Like, let's be honest, the reason I was pursuing my PhD was Dr. Ellen sounds really cool. Yeah, it does. I really wanted to be Dr. Ellen. But like, when I really got down to it, that was one of the only reasons I was doing it. So I did leave my PhD and I did it with the intention of going into coaching and speaking, but I hadn't actually found burnout yet at that point in time. Um, I had been dabbling in health coaching and productivity coaching and clarity coaching. I did all of these different kinds of coaching. And then I read a book that was mentioning burnout and talking about burnout. And that was kind of the aha moment of, holy crap, literally every single thing I have ever dabbled in or ever enjoyed as a coach, burnout encompasses. Like health coaching, self-care is a massive component of burnout. Like clarity and personal growth, those are components of burnout because we emotionally burn out in the same way we physically burn out. And I started to realize all of these things were coming together under this realm of burnout and stress management. And the reason why I was doing any of those things was to manage my burnout and to manage my stress. And it was like this light bulb went off. And this was about two, three years ago now, this light bulb in my head went off of, oh my God, burnout is the thing. And ever since then, I've never, I've never looked back. It's been burnout ever since then. 
And that's kind of, I got into it basically based out of my own experience and my own curiosity. And it was kind of one of those moments where, have you ever heard the saying where like, it's what the world needs, it's what you're passionate about, and it's what you can make money doing. And like the best kind of passion is where all those things come together. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of what burnouts become for me. Oh, wow. So wait, you left a PhD program like, did you have to pay? Did they say like, okay, here's your outstanding balance? Um, oh, you did it. it was I free? didn't because, yeah, I was in um, science and in science, you're doing someone's research for them while you are pursuing your PhD. So you are basically like really, really cheap labor as a graduate student. And so they pay you a stipend. I actually got paid in my PhD program. They pay you a stipend and you can just pursue your PhD while you're doing this work. And so that's what I did. And because I was doing someone's work, I didn't have to repay anything. They, they, oh, still, okay. they still covered it. Yeah. So it was almost like you Science left Science PhDs are kind of weird like that. <laughs> can you collect unemployment when you leave? I couldn't because I did quit. Oh, yeah. So it would kind of be the same thing in that sense. Like I did actually drop out of the program. It's not oh, like wow. I didn't pass my, my qualifier exam. I, I dropped out. We call wow. it mastered out. That's what they affectionately call it when somebody leaves a PhD with a master's. You mastered out. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I love that. I love that when I leave my job, like I'm just actually going to master out of the of this job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And instead of Dr. Ellen, I kind of jokingly say I'm master Ellen now, which I feel like makes me sound like a Jedi. So For I sure. really like it. <laughs> Who doesn't want to be a Jedi? Exactly. I think it's better than being a doctor. There was a girl at work today that had a really cool, like, Letterman Jedi jacket on. I was like, was that custom? I just, she was sort of in a run, but I was, like, you know, in a rush, so I didn't want to talk to you, but I'm just like, your jacket. And she, like, stopped. She's like, oh, my God, thank you. And I'm like, where did she find that? I know. I'm like, she had to get it done. Yeah, it was really, it was, like, really simple, but, like, really sharp. I'm like, wow, that's so cool. And, like, I couldn't see all the patches, but. Yeah, it said Jedi in the back. I feel like what I'm going to end up doing after we're done with this podcast is end up Googling Jedi jackets and see if I can find them online. Yeah, we'll exchange links. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) So can you share with us the four different types of burnout? Mm -hmm. Because I'm curious for the listener who is driving, they are doing their laundry, whatever, and they might not have access to be able to actually take the quiz how they can maybe define if burnout's for them. Because let me tell you, my friend helped me figure out this burnout because, you know, before the pandemic, I had a full-time job, very full-time. I work in television. I have a thriving art practice. I'm a daughter, you know, I'm single out here dating, you know, trying to be consistent with my physical activity and cooking at home, just like, you know, being that girl in the city, you know? And when the pandemic happened, I just felt all of a sudden just trying to get myself rested, just like, wow, you really make a lot of moves. And, Mm -hmm. but in that same time of me realizing I make a lot of moves and just sort of laying around, my mind sort of became racing with like, what else can I do? What else can I do? I didn't have any type of motivation at all. Mm -hmm. And then as life started to come back, I didn't have any really uh, motivation for any of my creative projects. As I'm sure you know, it's like, as like fellow independent uh, or small business owners, like even just marketing, telling people what I'm up to or talking on Instagram, things that should be fun, just were of no Mm -hmm. interest. And I'm like, what is going on with me? And I know it wasn't like a thing where it's like, oh, maybe you should start a family. You know how people like have those types of aha moments like where it's the next step for them it's not like like a quarter life crisis kind of moment yeah yeah and so my friend had thought she's like you might want to look into being burnt out and as I researched it and how again how I came to you I'm like oh yeah I'm burnt out and I was able to stop and take that quiz but for those people that might be experiencing this can you sort of talk us through how the listener can maybe define if this is something they're maybe going through yeah yeah, so the I'll kind of break it down by what the four types of burnout are and really like the major 
signs and like what that looks like and what that feels like to have each of those types of burnout. Um, Thank you. So the first one is the one we think of the most frequently. It's the physical burnout. And that one, I mean, I could describe it as feeling like, oh, you feel exhausted or you feel really tired. But really, when you are in the like the depths of physical burnout, it feels like no amount of sleep could ever compensate for how tired you are. That's the level with physical burnout is Mm. like you literally feel like I need to sleep for like two straight weeks and then I might be okay again. That's the physical side of burnout. It's really all of like when we're talking about self-care, that's the thing that you need to overcome from physical burnout. So that's kind of the obvious one. That's the one everybody really thinks of when they think of burnout. The other one or the next one is emotional burnout. This is one I just don't feel like gets enough respect because I actually feel like for a lot of us at the core of what we're feeling when it comes to burnout, we're emotionally burned out. And this one's a little trickier to characterize, but I really think of it like it's kind of the fulfillment side of burnout. When all of the things that used to fulfill you aren't anymore, that's when you might be emotionally burned out. And when I say things that fulfill you, maybe it's work. Or maybe you're somebody who, you know, you get your fulfillment outside of work. Maybe you just get fulfillment through your relationships or you get fulfillment through your hobbies. And all of those things that you used to do to pour back into yourself, it's just not cutting it anymore. That's the emotional side of burnout and really what it can look like, kind of some really subtle signs of that. Well, actually not subtle, but you may not have associated them with burnout before. It could be something like when you're, really quick to anger or quick to tears usually Mm. that's a sign of emotional burnout and what it usually comes from is the fact that we have a lot of pent-up emotions that we just haven't expressed i find a lot of people were experiencing that during the pandemic because they were lonely or they were scared or you know they they were feeling all of these things and they had nobody to really talk to about it or they didn't want to burden someone else with their problems and their emotions and so they shouldn't say anything and it's like if you ever feel like you've got the lid on and all of the stuff just wants to burst out it's like a pressure cooker that's kind of what our emotions can get like when they're unexpressed so that's like the emotional side of burnout It can also be overwhelmed burnout, which overwhelmed burnout is the productivity side of burnout. I think of overwhelmed burnout as, actually, I love this quote. I don't remember who said it, but my favorite quote as of late has been, overwhelm is not knowing, is not not knowing what to do. It's not knowing where to start. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so if you look at your calendar and you look at it and you're like, I don't even know what some of these things like are, let alone what thing I need to start with. Like I'm like, you just get overwhelmed and frazzled and just looking at your calendar or looking at your to-do list. That's a sign of overwhelm burnout is when you can't even make decisions. I actually find it's also like if you have difficult or difficulty changing, like with managing changes, if you have difficult difficulty starting new projects, if you have difficulty, um, like just getting the ball rolling on any given day and like picking a task and going with it, that's the overwhelm side of burnout. And then the last one's kind of the one I find that people are most surprised by of these four, and it is boredom burnout. And really, when you think about it, it's not that surprising to think that boredom can burn us out. Like think about how much energy, like how much mental energy it takes to engage yourself in something you don't enjoy. Yeah. That's the boredom side of burnout. And so if you are finding you literally feel like you're going through the motions in life or life is just like this, each day looks exactly the same and nothing's new and nothing's interesting and nothing's engaging, that's the boredom side of burnout. That sounds terrible. (laughs) Imagine though, because some people, I sell them these four and they're like, yeah, no, I have like a poo-poo platter of burnout. I have like all four. So then they're like, what do I do? Yeah. And usually there's one that's like the, the linchpin of the whole thing. Like one of them is kind of the burnout that's at the center of it all. 
And so I asked them to kind of think about, sometimes I'll ask them to just like observe themselves for like a week or so and see what are the patterns they see. See what are the things that come up? Like, are they finding themselves like more emotionally triggered, more physically exhausted, that the the like tasks and responsibilities in their lives are the things that are overwhelming them. So I'll have them observe themselves for like a week mm-hmm. and then see what the most common pattern was and the most stressful reoccurrence was throughout the week. And that usually points them in a direction for like where to start. I feel like my was the overwhelm. Mm-hmm. Um, Given what you just described about your life, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, I feel like that was it. And I, I was like looking at my phone to be like, let me see if I could fill out those results. <laughs> and I think that that's what it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, geez. So how common, like how come burnout isn't talked about more? Like how come it's like, it feels like it's. It feels like it's a new thing. Yeah. Or it's like, it's sort of just talked about like, oh, exhaustion or, or yeah, like Mm -hmm. using this time to, not using this time to rest, but like people like, oh, they're overworked or exhausted and not just like, hey, this is like, burnout to me means like you've reached your end at this Mm -hmm. point. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, how come, I just wonder why it's not, it does feel like a new thought. Yeah, and in a lot of ways, it is. Like, the actual term burnout has been around since the 70s. But, like, it being recognized as something medical or something health-related or something that really does have legitimate quality-of-life consequences, it's only been recognized like that by the World Health Organization since 2019. So you can get, like, a burnt-out diagnosis? Yeah, Yeah, so you actually can get a burnout diagnosis. But the interesting thing about this, and I literally say this at the beginning of every single talk I give since I started doing speaking, they, the World Health Organization says that burnout is only occupational. They literally say in it that burnout is an occupational phenomenon only and should only be applied to an occupational context. And I think that is complete and utter bullshit. Yeah. Like, because, like, think about what you just described of kind of some of the things that you experienced. You were talking about, oh, well, I'm juggling my day job and I'm a daughter and I'm dating, which I'm seriously so happy you brought up dating. Like, for everybody out there who's like, oh, you're single, you don't have a lot of responsibilities. Dating is such a massive time suck. I'm single too. (laughs) So I'm also trying to date. And oh my God, dating is exhausting. (laughs) It is. It is exhausting. And like we can burn out from all of those things. You can burn out from cooking for yourself and having to just clean around your house, like just purely like the act of adulting, which I feel like we've turned into like we've turned it into a verb now. Like that can burn you out just as much as your work to do list can burn you out. And that's where I always am just like, no, burnout is not occupational. Burnout is completely holistic. You can burn out in any part of your life, in my opinion. So the WHO and I have a little bit of a difference of opinion there, but that's why it feels pretty new because it is, you know, from a medical perspective, it is only something that's been recognized by international health authorities for literally, it hasn't even been three years. It was in May, 2019 that they added it to their international classification of disease. Wow. I could just see the conspiracy theorists coming out now like, yep. They're bringing it out so they can, because then the pandemic was coming in. Here we go. Oh, my God. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. The timing (laughs) is interesting. (laughs) Yeah. But at first, like, those couple months of that shutdown, I wasn't even mad at it because I was like, man, so many people that are on the move are, like, laying down. And, you know, we needed that. We needed that. Even just, like, the slowing down for... You know, essential workers just like, well, not like medical. So thank you, all the medical people that were working. But, you know, everybody else like was able just to sort of like do like a reduced work schedule. And mm-hmm. it's just like take a breath, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think the interesting part of it, too, is I think it made us realize the pace at which we were moving. But I also think it made us realize these things that contributed to our quality of life and to even like just like our self-care 
that we didn't even realize were having as big of an impact as they were. Like it was during that time that I stumbled across something that said that there are five different types of self-care. And one of the types of self-care was social self-care. And I kind of, I read it and then I was just like, ooh, we're hurting. We're hurting in that department. And we will be until this is over. I actually feel like it took me, I'm pretty introverted despite, you know, how it probably feels when when I'm on a podcast interview with somebody. I'm pretty introverted. And I actually think it took me the full two years of the pandemic to start to just have like my social needs start to accumulate to a point where I realized I am lonely. Like I don't get enough social activity in because I work from home and I'm single and, you know, it's just the West Coast is just starting to return to some semblance of normalcy. And it's kind of just started hitting me that it's been two years in the making. Man. Yeah, I feel the same way too. I was just thinking to myself when I was setting up for our call, I was like thinking of some like new goals. And I'm like, you know what? I need to make sure that, and this was a goal I had before the pandemic, um, just with planning more social things. I'm like, oh yeah, I need to make sure Mm -hmm. that like once a week I have dinner with like at least one friend. We don't have to go out anywhere. They can come over um, if they Mm want to go out. It doesn't have to be anything fancy or like at like downtown anywhere, but just some, some sort of, activity where I'm seeing someone, you know, mm-hmm. um, in person, making sure like more phone calls, like the social aspect, because it is important. You know, I kept um, during the pandemic, though, I did talk to friends. We had a weekly cocktail hour. Oh, yeah. That. And that was amazing. And then we thought we were drinking too much. And so then we switched it to coffee. So then we spoke in the morning. <laughs> Right now, you can see the fact that I have a wine rack behind me. (laughs) Yes. I feel you on the drinking too much during quarantine. That may have happened, especially because I get wine shipments and I don't have to actually go anywhere to get my wine. Oh, wow. Do do you do the um, unusual wines? I have done, I've done multiple different ones. I've done Scout and Cellar. I have done, what's it called? Naked Wines. Okay. I've done bright sellers i've done a whole bunch of the different online ones i like the fact that i can just like box the wine like a case of wine that just shows up at my door it makes me quite happy yeah and you know what else (laughs) not only the um the wine shipments but also the curbside situations that can happen at the stores Mm -hmm. oh my gosh i'm just throwing those groceries in the back seat and i'm on my way Mm -hmm. that has truly been a gift of the lord during the pandemic and something yeah. I've continued on. Wow. I'm really it's, like, I think these little conveniences too are, they're very overlooked, I feel, when it comes to little things that we can do to support ourselves when we're burned out. Like you mentioned, like just the fact that they'll pile your groceries into the back of your car. I've had a couple periods of time and I'm kind of in one right now that for whatever reason, the thing that is triggering me the most in terms of just like burning me out and just kind of driving me over the edge is cooking dinner for myself. I don't know why it's such a stressor for me, but cooking dinner for myself at the end of a long workday actually really makes a lot of sense when you think about it. The end of a long workday, I've got my workout in, I've worked on my business, I've worked on my day job because I have a day job as well. Like I have perhaps been going for like 10 hours. Yeah. I don't want to cook. Yeah. So I've been doing meal delivery services. So they have, I just have to put my dinner in the microwave for two minutes and I zap it and it's delicious. And I did it last fall and I'm doing it right now. It's little things like that that honestly can just like make or break you when it comes to burnout and stress. Like I think little things like that are just so underappreciated when it comes to supporting you through burnout. Man, that's so real. And I'm so glad you said that. I was trying um, home. Was it like Home Chef? It was one of the ones where you had to cook. Now, there's the different mm-hmm. services. There's one where you actually have to chop up, say, the carrots. Like, it'll send you the whole carrot. It'll show you how to chop it up. There's another one I got where the ch- carrots are already chopped up. They just just put it in the pan. I was like, this is the one I need. You know, I don't need to have a lesson in cooking. I need to have a home-cooked meal quickly. But I still want to <laughs> make it, you know. So, mm-hmm. like, just tell me to throw this in there, throw that in there. And it's like, voila, thank you. Mm -hmm. you know um, I feel you on that honestly I have gotten shredded cheese 
basically since I started living on my own because I do not want to get out a cheese shredder every single time I want to put cheese <laughs> on top of my eggs. Like, I don't want to do that. So yes. shredded cheese it is. <laughs> Man, really quick about this shredded cheese. Do you know if, I was just asking my friend this, trying to figure out if at the deli, if they would shred cheese for me. Do you know if they do that? Or do I have to, do we have to buy the packaged? Because I'm like, sometimes. That's a really good question. I don't know. They should. I don't know either. Yeah, because I'm like, that's a lot I know. But I'm like, I wonder if they have like a machine that maybe pushes it through. Because like America's Test Kitchens was going through like, this is the best Parmesan. This oh, is the best mozzarella. And it was all like, they were telling you to get the black cheeses. And I was like, I would do that. But just like you said, I'm not shredding up, taking it out and doing that. But if they're like, it's either free or, hey, sure, Steph, we'll shred it for $3 more. I'd be like, you know what? Okay, go ahead. And even if it mm -hmm. might be clumped together, if I know that it'll break apart, that's fine. But I'm like, yeah. I'm going to ask next time I actually go into the mm -hmm. store and see. I bet they'd slice it. Like, I'm sure like a meat slicer could slice up cheese into nice little strips. I, the part that I'm not sure about is the like grating of it. Like if they have yeah, something that like crumb. Well, yeah. You know what? They shred, they do ground beef. Why can't um, uh, something that grinds beef or pork or whatever grind a, a block of cheese? I don't know. Yeah, I, love I don't how we know got either. From talking about burnout and stress <laughs> to talking about cheese. <laughs> well, listen, it sort of it combines because it's like you have to figure out care. Because my next question I was going to ask you is, okay, after we've defined that we have this burnout, we've self-defined mm -hmm. it. Um, mm -hmm. Is it even like, are we, can we ever get back to how we were or do we need to develop a new way of how we are or like is it even yeah. possible to get back to to quote unquote normal after to quote yeah we called ourselves I, burnt out i hate to say it depends but it really does depend and the reason why i say that is i think there are certain personality types where absolutely you can get back to normal and then there are other personality types where there's just aspects of how they think and how they operate and some of their their habits and their mindsets where they are just prone to burnout like anybody who consider them considers themselves to be very very type a very perfectionistic somebody who's like a people pleaser you know i often i don't know if you're familiar with the enneagram but the enneagram mm -hmm. is my favorite personality test and i'm an enneagram three and we are the achiever Okay, I think I was like, a seven. We are, yeah, you're, so you're, I think, is that the one where it's like, you're like the enthusiast, like you can bring enthousi enthusiasm to like anything? Maybe so, yeah, probably. And you probably should I do it again. I'm going to put, I'll put the link in the show notes for this along with everything else we discussed. But yeah, because I like the Enneagram <laughs> too. And I think it's like the Enneagram three, and there's a couple other Enneagram types. I've actually done... I'll have to send it to you. I think I did like a blog post where I talked about like the different types and Enneagrams and how they experience burnout. Like a Enneagram 2, they're the helper. So they are a people pleaser. They're somebody who their natural inclination is to put others before themselves. And like an Enneagram type 3, we have a really hard time shutting off and mm. not doing things and like just resting and pushing a pause button because we feel the need to be productive and achieve and contribute all the time my therapist calls me out on it all the time and it's wow. so funny because she's just like you're a burnout coach and I'm like yeah but I actually think part of the reason why I'm a good burnout coach is I go through exactly what everybody else goes through and that I have a my good times when I'm doing a really great job at doing the things I know I need to do and then I have my times where I kind of suck at it and I kind of don't have good boundaries and I think that's a good thing in a sense. I don't ever want to become disconnected from what it feels like to have bad habits. And I think that's kind of what I'm getting at when I say that there are certain personality types that they experience what I call a burnout cycle. Mm. And essentially what happens is because they have these repeating patterns and behaviors and mindsets that contribute to burnout, they tend to experience burnout in a, like a cyclical fashion. Their burnout might come back like every year, every two years, maybe every six months. So for those people, they do kind of need to have some sort of 
checkpoint in place or some sort of routines or habits in place to really check themselves because their natural inclination really is to veer toward burnout. Mm. So for some people, yes, they can get back to normal, you know, not easily, but like relatively easily in a relatively straightforward manner. But then those those personalities that that's just kind of how they naturally operate is veering more toward overwork and putting themselves on the back burner. It's a lot harder for them. They might experience burnout in a in a recurring manner. And that's kind of something where they, wow. they have to kind of really check themselves. Are you burned out? Right now? Yeah. Like in your oh, that's a really, or, really good question. Like with all you have going on, do you think that you're I think I have been on the edge of burning out uh-huh. for a couple months now. Yeah. Man. I think I'm doing a good job of really when my therapist has been helping me out a lot with it. I think I've been doing a good job at I'm very good at prioritizing my self-care. I think the one that I've been struggling with is the emotional burnout. Cause I kind of mentioned a second ago, like I Oh, I had terrible timing basically with all of my like life activities. I got back to the United States after traveling for a year in early 2019. And even though I grew up in the area I live in now, you know, when you leave for an extended period of time, I lived in, I'm from the Seattle area. I lived in Eastern Washington for my college years. I went to Michigan for graduate school and I've only been back in the Seattle area now for just over three years. And so I was back. I've been back for a year and then the pandemic hit Mm. and all socializing shut down. And so I don't have great social support systems. And that's Mm -hmm. something I have been actively working on with my therapist, because I think that's part of the reason why I emotionally burn out is I don't have a lot of social support around me. So that is a constant thing that I've been personally working on. It's actually, I've been very energized in a lot of ways by my work because it makes me feel purposeful. And I'm very, very good about forcing myself to stop. Perhaps not in the last week or two because I've had a lot of speaking engagements recently. Yeah, But like, I do think generally speaking, I'm very, very good at making myself stop working. I think I've got great like physical self-care. But the emotional self-care and the emotional burnout has been really, really challenging, yeah. especially in the last like six months or so. Man, yeah, that, that probably is tough. Well, we can always cook out on the video chat if you want together. <laughs> I love that. Thank you so <laughs> and much. And talk, yeah. <laughs> if you ever want to. I need to. to get back to, I had two friends that during quarantine, we actually nicknamed our, our WhatsApp chat quarantine babes and we would have movie nights together like once a week. Like we would had to coordinate because we were across time zones. They're two of my best friends and we would do movie nights together. I was so angry because like Amazon Prime and like Netflix and whatnot, they started cracking down on like when you're on a Zoom call and you share the video. And I was just like, come on guys. We are in quarantine. Exactly. How dare they do that? I know. I was so mad with that too because I had that one because it was funny because we were all, I was with some friends trying to watch school days and we all had to make sure we were watching it on the same um, thing, like on mm-hmm. the same platform and make sure we all had our own accounts. And then it was funny. We we're like, OK, everybody fast forward to twenty eight oh three. And then we had to wait for the people to get there. But I just thought that was such a rude thing. Like you guys are billion dollar companies. Yeah. Like let people have these this moment. It's right. Rude. I was like, seriously, we are in a freaking pandemic. Throw us a bone here. Because like this is, I was so mad when they cracked down on that. I was like, this is like my social lifeline right now. And you guys are really making it very, very challenging for me to have this social lifeline. I was angry. (laughs) Yeah, it it is mean. And I even remember like before all that, like HBO Max, I remember they spoke to one of the CEOs and he's like, I don't care if you guys share. Like we know what's a thing, like whatever. And then they're going to pull like stuff like that. Maybe HBO Max wasn't a part of that, but I still did not like that. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Because it's just like, this is a time for you all to be generous, not cracking Mm -hmm. down. Like, and what money do we all have to buy to get to get accounts with y'all anyway? Nobody's working. (laughs) What are you talking about cracking down? Facts. Oh, my God. 
Also, I just really appreciate the fact that I don't, I've done a lot of podcast interviews and I don't think anybody has ever asked me if I'm burned out. Like, mm. I understand the name of your podcast now because oh. <laughs> I actually, I appreciated that you asked me that because that's probably one of the most real questions I think I've ever been asked in a podcast interview. Man, because it's just a lot. Like, I feel like, especially when you have like, and so many people do this, they have their side hustles or like an art practice or mm -hmm. they're doing anything, even just like trying to make creative time or time with their kids and then their full-time job and just everything else. And it's like, it's a lot. That's why I wonder, like, even myself, I'm like, even the physical burnout, because I'm like, man, I don't even, I don't feel like doing nothing. Even you'll, I can like write out mm -hmm. like this whole beautiful evening routine and it's time to do it. I don't want to do anything. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't want to do any of these lovely steps. I mean, I'll do yeah. it, but it's not like I'll Instagram about it. <laughs> uh, yeah. But it's just so. Yeah. I have been running into like the fact that because I like the social component is the big component for me right now. And so actually one of the things that I've been doing, because I don't have a ton of people who are close relationships that live nearby to me. My best friends, it's terrible. All my best friends live in like the Chicago area mm -hmm. or in like Wisconsin. They're all in the Midwest. And I just, I mean, maybe I just need to go visit them. I probably should just go visit them. But like, it's hard to be able to connect with them because they have jobs and they have businesses. And it's like, I actually was talking to my, my therapist this morning about the fact that it's like, everybody's just so busy. Mm -hmm. And so, and I want to start, like, part of me is like, well, I want to start dating. Maybe that's a way to like fill my social cup. But I learned earlier this year that you can date the wrong person very, very easily just mm -hmm. because you're lonely and just because you want a little bit of connection. And so what I've been trying to do to try to fill my cup is even if I don't have like a social activity planned with someone else, I'll still take myself out on a date. Even if it's like just me going to a coffee shop or me going to, I actually have like a favorite restaurant down the hill that I'll go to and I'll just go sit at the bar and order a glass of wine and order an appetizer. And sometimes I bring my journal and I'll talk to the bartender. I've actually made friends <laughs> down at the bar. Um, just kind of people being like, what are like, what are you doing? Are you like waiting for somebody? To I actually got asked, did you get stood up? Oh, wow. <laughs> at one point, and I was like, no, I just, just taking myself on a date. And it's been, I need to do more of that. I've kind of gotten away from that in recent weeks because I have been busier than usual in my business. Um, and that's something that I found is very rejuvenating, even if it's just, just with myself. Yeah. And hey, go sit down at some hotel bars. Like, where's the rich bar? That's a good idea. Yeah. That's a good idea. I'm going to do that. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> we have no time You're for like, games I got here. all the ideas. No bums. Uh-uh. <laughs> no bums at the bar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, mm -hmm. my gosh. So it sounds like burnout could possibly be a way of life. Because I'm wondering, like, will it all ever be too much? Is, like, being overwhelmed just going to be, like, a way of life, but it seems like the thing to do is prioritize your self-care. But what if you don't feel like that? Feel like it. Like what if like, they don't feel like prioritizing themselves? Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. What if they're just that like it's, burnt it's out? Like, Girl, I can't help you. Oh, yeah. that's true. I mean, honestly though, I think some of the time what gets us into trouble when we're trying to like fix our burnout and when we don't have the energy is we just make shit too damn complicated. Like, if you want to make time for yourself, I think sometimes, I actually used to do this when I was just like, oh, I want to spend time outside because I'm such a, like, a Pacific Northwest person. I want to, like, go spend time outside. And I used to think that needed to be, like, some elaborate hike at some, like, really pretty location. So yes. I'd, like, plan this whole thing and then it would happen. And I'm just like, I have no freaking interest in driving an hour and a half to a trailhead to hike for five hours to have to drive an hour and a half back sweaty and in traffic yeah no so i was just like okay well how can i make this like easier like still do the thing that i want to do but like in a really really simple way well i finally realized i was being an idiot and i live <laughs> five minutes up the hill from like this gorgeous gorgeous little walkway along the water in the Tacoma area of Seattle. And it's honestly, I think it's prettier than downtown Seattle. Like everybody who sees pictures of downtown Seattle and they're like, oh, that's gorgeous. Tacoma's prettier. 
and it's cheaper down here. Um, and like I had that that I could go utilize to get a little bit of physical activity, to get out of my house, to get some fresh air and some sunshine. And I kind of just like laughed at myself. Why am I making this so damn complicated? Yeah. To go give myself this thing that pours into my cup. Like same thing with with exercise. I felt for so long like I had to go to a gym because I already work from home and I already spend too much time at home. But it's so much easier to just work out in my living room. Yeah. Like, so if that's easier, why am I make o- overcomplicating things by trying to go to a gym, which is something I have to pay for. Right. When I can just work out here. So I try to look for ways to make things as easy as humanly possible for me to do. And that started to make it easier when I was really, really in the shit of burnout. That made it a lot easier for me to start to pull myself back out. So for somebody who's feeling like that, I would tell them to pick, look for one really, really easy thing. Yeah. You can do. And that is kind of the, it's like the, the thing that gets the snowball rolling. Right, right. And then the snowball's going to start to build as it rolls down yeah. the hill. But you got to find like, like the easiest thing you can do first. Like we tend to start with the hardest. Like don't do that. Pick the easiest thing you can do to pour into yourself. And that's going to fill you up just that much more to be able to have you do something else and then something else. Yeah, I feel like it's the mindset behind that kind of stuff too. Because you could like, I'm even trying to think of stuff where it's like, oh, yeah, I want to be outside more. Like, okay, maybe I could just do like one lap around my neighborhood or just walk to the mailboxes sort mm-hmm. of far. Maybe I can start to just count that. But then it, you know, mm-hmm. I immediately can think like, that doesn't count. That's not necessary. You know, like that's not right or whatever. Or just like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, just as long as you, you know, wash your face and brush your teeth, that's good. You know, you just because you didn't like do your eucalyptus steam shower and like, it doesn't like it's like damn at least your teeth and face are washed you know exactly i think yeah the mindset part i think too is tricky with that yeah it's almost like thinking of it like a daily minimum like i think Mm. a lot of people who are very self-care oriented are like well my day sucked because i usually meditate for 15 minutes and read for an hour and journal for 45 minutes and then i work out for an hour and a half and then i create this elaborate like dinner and I didn't do that today. So my day sucked. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's where we get ourselves like in trouble. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's where we get ourselves in trouble. So what if that's kind of the, maybe that's the ideal situation. But instead of thinking of it like that, let's think of it like, how can I turn that into a daily minimum? So what if I just meditate for a minute? Mm-hmm. What if I just really focus on clearing my mind and sitting in silence for a minute? What if I just read a chapter or a couple pages like what if I just instead of doing a full-blown journaling what if I just write down one thing that I'm grateful for and that's the daily minimum so and take this like whole elaborate self-care scheme you have in your head which is great and aspirational but maybe not always doable take that and turn it into something that like this is the minimum This is the minimum for what I need to accomplish. And if you accomplish that, it's a good day. If you went beyond that, it's a great day. Yeah. Okay. I will do my minimums. Maybe (laughs) it'll be a journal entry. Like, what is your minimum? I know for (laughs) sure my self-care minimum is for sure if I walk to my mailbox, if I shower, brush my teeth, wash my face. That's great. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, and then like make my bed in the morning. You know, that kind mm-hmm. of stuff, of course, with showering, blah, 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 blah. but mm-hmm. yeah, I love a, I think I like a minimum. So coach Ellen, <laughs> you're a coach. <laughs> yes, so I you am. help people with burnout. Mm-hmm. When, when will somebody get to the point where they're like, you know what, let me get coach Ellen. Well, my goal is that people start doing it sooner rather than later, because I find a lot of people wait to seek out help until they are at like rock bottom. A lot of Mm -hmm. us are what I call high, like we're very high functioning in stress. Like we're able to work with it. And what I want is for people to start to notice their patterns and the things that are contributing to their stress or when their stress is starting to ramp up. And that's the point where I would say seek out a coach because you don't want to get to the point 
And I've had clients who've been like this. You don't want to get through to a point where you literally can't talk about your stress without crying Mm. or you can't even go to work and you're literally forced to take a six-week stress leave. Like I've had clients who've been that bad by the time they've come to me. And unfortunately, that's a little bit of a pattern for what I've seen, particularly in people who are very high achieving, is they tend to wait until they're broken. And my recommendation would be, yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, sorry. I was just going to say, I don't even know if my job even have that kind of option. Like a six-week stress leave? Like what kind of jobs even offer Mm -hmm. that? (laughs) Well, you know, in certain corporate environments, Uh there are like, if you get a a note from a therapist that like, hey, like they're going to literally quit if you don't give them this stress leave. Usually it starts off with something like two or three weeks. And then if you need to extend it, then that's a larger conversation with HR. But like, wow. Yeah, you can get a note from a therapist saying, hey, they need to go on stress leave. And a lot of places, there's a sort of leave of absence that they have for that kind of a situation. Will you be paid? I don't know. That very much depends on your company. Yeah, yeah, that's probably the thing. I wonder if like like the Wendy's worker can like take a six-week stress leave. See, and that's very much where it becomes like, I don't want to say that like, burnout is like there's privilege in burnout but like there is in a lot of ways like I think the people that's that's a great example of it like the person who can afford to take a six-week stress leave is the person who's making six figures in a corporate job I couldn't take Mm -hmm. a six-week stress leave yeah they probably just be like that's part of what gets us into trouble when it comes to burnout is we don't have an escape and I think that's where the like little things that we do to to bounce back from our burnout that's when those become really, really important. Like a lot of what I'm speaking to corporate clients, I'm speaking to them about the small things that they can do. Like maybe you can't go on vacation right now, but you can take like a little, I call it a daily mini vacation. You can just step outside for five, 15 minutes and just completely unplug. Yeah. And it's a little reset button in your day. Yeah. I almost feel like I have a friend who's pregnant right now and it's like, I'm going to start her baby like a burnout fund. So that way, just in case this baby, when she gets her in their 30s and they're like, you know what? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And who knows what they'll you know do? They'll go to their burnout fun. You know what's a better way to do it? Teach them huh? boundaries and self-care and self-awareness on uh-huh. their teenagers. Okay. Okay. That's good. Does, does Coach Ellen have a program for teens? Coach Ellen should make a program for teens. Um, I actually do think I have a program and I do think teens could benefit from it. I think it's not necessarily written with like teen jargon in mind. So maybe I just need to make one Um, because actually I work with high schoolers in my day job. I work with primarily high schoolers in my day job. And that's part of what I enjoy so much about it is I'm a firm believer that burnout starts and all of the habits and and behaviors that lead us to burnout in our 30s, those all yeah. start when we're teens. Wow. So I'm a firm believer that if we can teach kids in high school how to manage their stress and manage their burnout and how to know when enough is enough and when they need to take a break, that is how we fix burnout. We can manage it as adults. This is almost kind of a, an answer to your question from before is can we yeah. ever get to a point where we don't burn out. I think as adults, we can learn to manage burnout. Okay. But in terms of like making it not be a thing, I think you have to start younger than that. Because I think by the time you're in your 30s, a lot of the habits are very, very ingrained already. And it's hard for us to change. Sure. When we're in our 30s. Sure. Yeah, because it seems like things be in life, like even how you just said, like you go, you're like right now you're doing a lot of speaking engagements. So maybe after that mm-hmm. cycle runs out, you'll set some time along, like set some time alone and then like get ramped back up again once you're good to go. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, so I could see it just being like something that we have like certain plans in place to be able to identify this burnout, how we can work through the burnout and then celebrate Mm -hmm. being out of the burnout, I guess. Exactly. With a trip, ideally. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Come on trip. And that is where the baby burnout fun comes in. (laughs) Baby's going to be like, I'm going to Thailand on my baby burnout fun. Um, but please and thank you. (sighs) Yes. 
So, okay. So tell me about your program that you have, because I know you have a couple of different offerings. You have a podcast, you have a great newsletter, um, you're on Instagram. Uh, you ha- and So tell me about this new program that you have. Yeah, yeah. I just launched a program um, that is called Say Bye to Burnout. And I figured I would put the transformation in the name because that's kind of the goal is that you get to the point where burnout isn't so damn disruptive in your life. And what this program goes through, it's completely self-guided. You can do it with coaching support from me if you would like, but it is completely self-guided. And what it does is it goes through what I call the five causes of high achiever burnout. And frankly, there are causes of burnout in every personality type, but they are particularly important with that, very much the high achiever personality. And what they are is self-care, productivity, Mm. clarity and self-awareness, boundaries, and really then the last one's about your habits. So all five of those things, if you don't have those kind of in place in your life, that's how we start to burn out. So there's basically a module on each of those five things. And we go through, you know, what are some things we should think about with self-care? I talk about the fact that there are different types of self-care and how how we can find a place for those things in our life. Um, We talk about how you can rest and what different forms of rest might look like. I think when we all think of rest, we think of like laying on the couch under a fuzzy blanket and watching Netflix, which is totally my plan for this evening. Um, (laughs) But it can also be like, sensory rest is a form of rest that most of us don't get enough of and basically all that means is giving yourself some space where you're unstimulated so when I'm not in front of a bright screen or I'm not listening to music like the ideal form of sensory rest is being in a dark quiet room okay and it's a a pause button in our our senses that we don't ever get So we kind of go through some of those things in terms of forms of self-care and rest. We talk about some of my favorite tools for building self-awareness and how we can get very, very clear on some of the aspects of our personality that might be contributing to burnout. Um, Yeah, deep dives into all of those five causes and gives you some very, very tangible ideas and action steps that you can take to start to integrate some of these things into your life. And I'm very cognizant as I go through it because I've had a tendency in the past when I've created programs to give away <laughs> the hell too much content. And it's almost like overwhelming to oh, work Lord. through it. And I really, really tried to like streamline it to be like, this is the stuff that you need to know. And it's not meant to build like a to-do list of more things that you need to add to your life. It's really just meant to give you some ideas of maybe this is something you're missing. Or maybe this is something you're missing. And very much kind of focus your energy and effort on building in some of those key things that you might be missing. Okay. Are you familiar with Masterclass? I've heard of it. I haven't spent much time, like, exploring it. Only because, like, I've heard now that people, you know what it is where it's, like, the different, like, like, say, like, a celebrity will teach you, like, how to act or something or, like, whatever their specialty is. Oh, yes, is. I totally know what master class is. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. So I hear, I have, like, a bunch of friends that listen to those master classes, like, podcasts. And I basically am asking this to say, like, can we listen to your course? Like, a podcast, can I, like, put on the first module and while I'm, like, folding laundry, like, listen? Or is it is it more interactive where you have to, like, sit and follow along? I would definitely say it's listenable, mm-hmm. but there at the end, I'm very like actionable. At the end of each video, I ask you kind of some self-reflective questions. Okay. And the nice thing about it is you could come back to those self-reflective questions later. Like I, as I was building the course, one of the things that I did is I have the video and then I have kind of like the action steps that you should take written below the video. So you could listen to the content and kind of work your way through some of it and then come back to some of those action steps later. But I definitely think it's one of those things that purely listening to it is going to be beneficial, but to like really get the true benefit of it, you are going to kind of have to sit down and like think for yourself as to, well, which type of self-care am I missing? What does that even look like to me? Like, how how am I going to fit this in? That's really how you're truly going to get the benefit is by kind of sitting down and self-reflecting and thinking about how it applies. I see. Okay, cool. Well, that's fantastic. Thank God that it's self-study so you can go through the 
content on your own space. And yeah. then, of course, with support of you if necessary, which is also mm-hmm. great because support is needed. We all need to support yes. each other. <laughs> yes. And I am. Yeah. And actually, I'd be very interested to hear kind of your thoughts on this. And even any listeners, if this is something you're, you would like, is I have the course. Yes, it's completely self-guided, though. Um, I'm thinking about creating a sort of membership program mm. where you get access to the course, but you also have kind of a community and a consistent like check-in with me. Like it would be like you with like maybe the rest of the group of people. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I like yeah. that. I like those types of models. I remember when I was getting started with photography, there was this big... um photo consultant and she reviewed like all these photographers books and she had this portion like for younger photographers that say we each paid her 200 bucks and we got to mm-hmm. get like maybe 45 minutes each we were there for a good amount of time but because everybody was so different we got to hear what she said to each person and mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff that she said still apply like even if I'm like a portrait photographer and this is a food photographer a lot of the stuff that she might say about confidence or putting yourself out there I could glean from that as well as well as also maybe uh putting in my two cents if necessary or them sharing their two cents with me so I love a good um I like a community that you can actually interact with versus like a necessarily like a slack channel or something yeah yeah exactly and I kind of how I was thinking about structuring it is having like a part where you could like interact via like message if you wanted to but then have like a checkpoint like each month or something because I don't want to make it like too much right each month where you could go in and and get some questions answered have it be exactly like that like somebody might ask a question where you're like yeah no I need this too and kind of you can hear (laughs) the response and apply it yeah no I think that'd be great and even awesome. if you're not there to answer, well, like people, other people can answer too. Heck yeah. Yeah. Heck yeah. I love that. Okay. Well, I'll think well, about that. That's something I've been thinking about doing. Yes. Keep thinking about it. And yeah, if, if any of the listeners have opinions about that, please let us know because we are definitely trying to save the world over here. So um, that's important. Uh, okay. So I think we're coming up to our time. Is there anything else you think you might want to say before we call this conversation complete? Uh, probably the one last thing I would say is part of what motivated me to make some changes and kind of overcome my own burnout and even still motivates me is I don't want something, I don't ever want something external to be the thing that runs my life and makes the choices for me. And I feel like that's something that I've done a lot in my past. And when I get into the thick of burnout, burnout is kind of running my life. Mm. And that's part of why I said earlier, like, don't wait until you're broken to get support. If you feel like stress and burnout or anything like that is having a level of control over your life where it's keeping you from doing things or it's preventing you from making decisions or it's impacting your life in a way where it feels like it has control, take back that control. Yeah. That's the last thing that I would say is I really say, I think the big thing that motivated me is I wanted to take back my life from all of these things that were disrupting it. And that's really how I approach coaching and helping people with burnout now is I want to help you take back your life too because burnout and stress should not be the thing that's running it. Yeah, no, that's definitely facts. Burnout and stress (laughs) should definitely not be running your life. That's real. Well, thank you for that. Thank you for your time. I'm so excited that this happened. Um, How cool. I'm like, let me just see. And so, yeah, so here we are. (laughs) I'm so, so grateful you reached out. Sincerely, like, this is a very fun conversation. I'm still just thinking back to the the questions you asked me and the the, the very real conversations that we had, even the one about cheese. And I yes. I had so much fun. <laughs> it's so much fun. <laughs> Let me tell you, cheese, cheese rules the world. Like, cheese does rule the world. You know, one thing I definitely learned during the pandemic is being able to, like, nourish your body and being mm-hmm. able to, like, eat as well as you can and you know, have the best of quality as, as you know, as, as much as you can. Like, no food is bad, but, you know, as, as much as the best that you can afford is the best for you. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, just making sure that you're eating. And cheese is very much a part of that for me. I was even putting, thinking about Facts, me too. trying to give myself, like, a cheese. Not like, well, yeah, like, sort of like a cheese break just so I can see, like, how far my creativity can go. Because I'm always trying to incorporate cheese on something. 
<laughs> so just make you a more creative cook? Is that kind of what you mean? Yeah, just so I could be like, okay, let's see here. Like, oh my what gosh, can I, I love that. Take out what can so it's not sort of like a restrictive diet thing, but just be like, no, no, no. Let's see some like different ideas you might have that don't necessarily yeah. always say like, oh, this would be great with cheese or like pasta. Let me shred some <laughs> cheese. Like, come on. <laughs> I like that. That's like a fun little challenge too. That's great for boredom burnout. Okay, I hope you enjoyed listening to the conversation with Coach Ellen discussing burnout. Once again, please check out Coach Ellen. You can find her website at coachellen.com. She has her program that we spoke about, Buy to Burnout, which might be a wonderful resource to you as well. You could slide in her DMs. That's what I did. If you're scared, send me the question. I'll pass it along and we'll try to find an answer for you. Either way, I just thank you so much for your time. Remember what I said about the rating and review? I would really, really appreciate that. Thank you again. And uh, yeah, we will see each other next time. And uh, have a great day. Drink some water. See you next time. Thank you so much for tuning into the Nosy AF podcast with me, your host, your friend, Stephanie Graham. I'm so glad that you made it to the end of this conversation. Please kindly let me know what you thought by leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you're listening right now. You can also connect with me at nosyaf.com via the Say Hello button. And if you're curious about what's going on in my art and film life, please visit my website at missgram.com. Oh, and also, if there is someone that you're nosy about and you want me to have them on the show, please send suggestions via the saying hello button and I will check them out. Until next time, thank you so much for being you and see you soon. Peace.